Hi, Sweepy. Hi, Mummy Bear. <laughs> We're Sweepy and Bear, mother and daughter gardeners world fanatics. And yep. this is our Not Just a Garden podcast. Woohoo! Each week we're having a natter about the latest episode of Gardener's World with Sweet Pea finding out a bit more about the plants and I'm digging a bit deeper into the people and places mentioned in the Visited and Your Gardens section. We can have a nice chit-chat. Nice little chit-chat. Um, so before we dive in, what have we been up to this week and this weekend? Well, I've just taken our lovely dog Hobbs for a run and we have also been, well, I have been planting out some seeds in little coir um compact compost pellets that's what you call them is that what, so this is following Recker's book yeah isn't it? Recker, Recker's kitchen diary and she uses coir pots or coir pellets what coir pellets so the little ones that you put in water and they go oh, and they become massive yeah they become massive yeah. and then they've got a cute little uh, kind of fabric around the edge of them which I think it you're contains able to, it then. yeah it contains it so it's as if it's a little pot but you can then just immediately plant that into a bigger pot and there onwards. Yeah. So it's a really good. And so I've got some chilies, some padron uh, peppers, tapas mix. Uh, I've got some California sweet um, peppers. Oh, yummy. I've then also got some white aubergines, which are Gretel F1. Specifically. Right. Um, and because we haven't had much luck with peppers and aubergines and chilies and all that sort of thing in the past. No. Now you got Wrecker's book for Christmas. Yeah, it was the best Christmas present ever. <laughs> and you're following it word for word, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so far you're having some quite good success. I've taken some photos, actually, of your aubergine plants that have come up already. And Her book is amazing because it takes you through every step of the way. She also gives you a calendar of what she is doing in every month. And then she gives you then specifically for each plant... She gives her favourite types, vary, variants of that plant, and then she shows you exactly how to look after them from the teeny tiny little seedling to the really big plant mm. in the garden. Oh, I love Rekka. And she's so lovely on the programme, isn't she? So relatable love, yeah. and and just so lovely. Mm. Just lovely. And her stripy socks you love as well. Oh my gosh. I, I need to source like, those socks for you. If Rekka, if you can tell me where you got your rainbow socks from, I would really like to know. We'll have to ask her. Yeah. Shall we have a look at this week's episode of Gardener's World? And it is one of the compilation ones, so it's Gardener's World 2024, episode one. Whoopee! So firstly, we had Monty introducing this week's programme. There were a yes. couple of plants I saw, but we won't go into them there. I saw some hellebores. If you heard that grumble, that wasn't Sweet Pea. <laughs> that wasn't me grumbling. That's about Hobbs, <laughs> yeah. our dog, who always likes to join us for this and uh, always has a lot to, lots to say. A lot to say. On... And there was a deep sigh. I think she's ready for her post-supper nap. Oh, lovely. Anywho, enough about Hobbsy. Yep. Um, so I just saw some hellebores and then these really pretty crimson irises. I don't know what they're called, but they're kind of a speckledy colour. They look lovely, but then we went straight into Toby's visit to Aberglasny Gardens in Carmarthenshire. Carmarthenshire. Where's that? That's in Wales. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> um, so he it talked about a huge amount of plants here. A huge amount of what, plants. What did you pick up on? So we fir he first showed us these pheasant-eyed daffs, which I really loved. They like everything, full sun, partial shade, moist soils. Happy with the lot. We need mm. to get some more interesting daffodils because there's such a variety now, aren't there? We've actually got some very interesting types and I will be putting lots of photos on the Instagram. We of do 
the new ones coming up. Well, and actually talking of that, we already have our first staffs. We do, came... don't we? Oh my god! We're currently now, we, we're uh, middle of January, ours came at the beginning of January. Yeah. That was amazing. Oops. But of course, Toby talks about getting, you know, December mm. marrying daffodils. So yeah. We need to hunt those down. Because gosh, this, is, this whole um, arid, not arid, is probably not the right word, but this whole time of year when there's absolutely very little going on and we're all hunting for something pretty yeah in the garden yeah amongst the dried out stuff and like i'm, I'm going around with my and... camera trying to like is there anything here anything there <laughs> it's very very hard to do in january <laughs> i would like to get some december flowering daffodils for sure that would be lovely am i talking all right into the microphone i keep turning my head to read my notes so apologies if it's... i keep sounding <laughs> loud and quiet loud and quiet <laughs> anyway <laughs> So he, yeah, he talks about those daffodils and then he talks about a ground level section, didn't he? What plants did you get from that? Well, not from the ground level section, but he also talked about these, as he called them, a peachy coloured sorbet pink tulips. Oh my gosh, now, they these were stunning. Were absolutely stunning. So delicate, the colour. I loved them. And with the white, it just worked beautifully. For me, it was between a white wedding and Valentine's Day. Aww. For me, it just, it was a happy... <laughs> Happy display. Just so pretty. The the pastels, though, I always, when I order my bulbs, our mm. bulbs, sorry, um, I go for all the brush colours because I do like brush. Well, there's... But those pastels were stunning. They're really pretty. And there's actually a tulip called Sorbet, mm. which is beautiful. It's this cream. It looks like a raspberry ripple. Mm. Imagine a raspberry ripple on a tulip. Yeah. That's what you've got. So anyways, as, as I was looking up Sorbet... I then got ice cream. Now <laughs> this is the most amazing. It's also extremely Sweet rare. Sweet is ruled by her stomach. N- not <laughs> at all. No. <laughs> I, I like food. I have a great interest yeah, in it. very <laughs> healthy interest in food. Healthy interest. Music exactly. to my ears. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, this is gardens, not food. <laughs> yeah. So this is called an ice cream tulip. And very specifically because it's a double tulip. So you've got the base. This is the sorbet is, one. No, this is called oh. an ice cream tulip because from sorbet. Oh, you've then Google <laughs> went on to take me to the ice cream, cream. <laughs> because it knows me quite well and knows that it needs to get, carry on down the road. Of you food. were in heaven. I was just like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> anyway, so it's got this beautiful bowl in a kind of crimson purple color. And then it looks like a bowl of ice cream. Um, not a bowl of ice cream, like, like an ice scoops, cream sundae or scoops something. Scoops of ice oh. cream, which are a creamy colour. I will have to show it to you, but this is the most beautiful, and it's actually quite rare. Well, is it's it not like rare, rare? But it, you can you can get it, but it's not found in every garden. If you know what I mean. You need to send me details, and I'll look it up on my bulb ice cream place tulip it's li- that's literally what it's called ice cream tulip that sounds so interesting it's every so cool. year when i do our uh tulip bulb ordering yeah. i'm just amazed by how many varieties there are mm. and how many varieties i'm unaware of i've never come across that so send me details and i'll um sure we can find that yeah and then what did you get after that did you get is that it pre well, the ground level stuff that they talked about I can't remember whether this was ground level, but I know this was a big thing about metallic silver leaves, which I think actually was ground level because it was, as he said, the flowers want to look pretty and have their mirrors and show themselves off. 
So you've got this totally beautiful so display. Totally so poetic, isn't it's he? I so, love listening to him. He does it every time and he just describes it and you're just like, yeah, that is so what's <laughs> yeah. happening. It's like with Hobbes, I sometimes go, oh, that's so what she just said. She's a little sad. <laughs> like sometimes you can just tell she was going in her head, mm-hmm, yeah, well, mm, yeah no. <laughs> She's a little sasspot sometimes. <laughs> but he just did that with the flowers. I don't relate Toby to... Oh, I see. He's, <laughs> like, he's the flowers not Toby going... is like a, a sasspot, but the no, flowers no, are the sasspot. No, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not relating Toby to the sasspot. Sorry, okay. Toby. I'm, I'm back in the room. Got it. <laughs> so he talked about cat mint, didn't he? Cat yeah. Mint. He, cat mint. He also talked about ladies' mantle, which, if people know it a bit better, it's called also lion's foot. So you didn't might know, know that. that. Um, he also talked about iris, and then he talked about Bronner or Jack Frost. Very hard to propagate. Um also gives very reflective leaves so this was a big one how he said if you find it you want to get it oh yes do you this remember brun- brunner yeah. and macrophilia yes exactly yeah and then there was some i've wrote down here siberian bugloss yes that was lovely and then also we went on to the sunken garden which she called it and i was like oh that seems like quite a sunny garden but it was a sunken garden and he had the most it had the most beautiful archways and metal archways but then it had a very fiery red orange theme to it Mm. so that's where he had the heleniums the crocosmia then the peonies which he talked about the red color and also the fiery kind of uh, smokiness to then fennel leaves as well so he they, also there were daylilies, weren't there, in the sunken garden? Yeah. But when he talked about the peony, oh, he talked about smoky leaves, didn't he? Yeah, the fennel mm. and the peony. Yeah. And then he talked about the redness in the peony, which is uh, is is from the anthocyanin. Anthocyan- yeah. Which he described beautifully as it's basically the factor fifty for flowers. So, mm. um, and we've we've got a peony. We've got two peonies. We've got a tree peony. Which got... basically we inherited with the garden. Yeah. We'll leave that and it just does its thing. It's brilliant. Beautiful, most beautiful pink, pastely pink, almost big, blousy flowers really around big. kind of March, April time. And then I bought a peony off the back of the success of this tree peony. I was like, right, that's it. I want peonies everywhere. Mm. I bought, and this is, you know, we're complete novice gardeners. So I, the tree peony, I didn't realise there were two types. or well, there are three types, aren't there? There's the one between... But the other one I got is the one that dies right back. Yeah, herbaceous, it's herba- herbaceous one, and that is a red one. And that the stem and everything is very red, isn't it? That's yeah, where the whole sort of anthocyanin. Yeah, it's almost entirely covered, but especially yeah. the young leaves. And he said um, anthocyanin is also in roses and in azaleas. You can see that with um, young rose uh, leaves yeah. coming out. You know when they and just the open. Stem and the stem yeah. is red. Yeah, so that was lovely. really interesting. And also anthocyanin, we looked into that the other day because we were looking at purple veggies and we have had some purple French bean type things and the disappointment, this was last summer, <laughs> the disappointment, disappointment. they oh grew on, on the plant, just the most beautiful purple French beans. Oh. Thought, this is incredible. I picked them, couldn't wait to serve them for lunch, put them in some water, just a shallow bit of water, briefly boil them. We don't totally incinerate no, our don't. veg. <laughs> and they just turned green pretty much as soon as they hit the hot water, which was so disappointing. Oh. But the anthocyanin is a very good antioxidant, apparently. 
and uh, an antioxidant that's in blueberries, which is considered a superfood. Yeah, yeah, of course, you can't big see, thing. But I'm doing a little quote marks. Superfood, quote marks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. yes, that's meant have meant to have good sort of anti-cancer properties. So. Oh, really interesting cool. to hear about this kind of factor 50 for plants that's what it does for the plant and then for humans if you ingest i'm not suggesting you eat peonies roses no and don't zables, go eating peonies but in your veggies for example aubergines french beans lovely that has got some some good properties to it for the human body oh that's really nice then toby was joined by james latham the head gardener yeah, and they were in the wall garden, weren't they? Beautiful wall garden. I Beautiful really want one. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, <laughs> we've got enough to worry about with that. Yeah. Trying to make a wall garden. And what plants did you get there? So in there we had Anthriscus, so the nice Umbellifers, which are actually the parsley family. And oh, okay. I was because parsley is biannual. <laughs> if you're wanting to get the flower heads, we got only laughing stuff. because Sweet Pea has gone a bit overboard with the parsley. This. <laughs> it's taken <laughs> over a bit, most a, of a lot. Veggie garden. <laughs> yeah, it's taken up pretty much a whole for me to bed. It is amazing. So I'm th- going to dig them up, please. And I wanted to find what the flowers were going to look like. So now that I know it's part of the Umbilifer family, it's going to have beautiful flowers. Are parsley? What are parsley flowers like then? So it's going to be that kind of pretty, you know, like a carrot flower. Mm. That kind like of, a cow parsley. Yeah, almost like an upside down umbrella. Is it white as well? I think it will be white, yeah. Right. I will need to check. Sorry, just knocked the microphone. Biffed the microphone. Because <laughs> I had... <laughs> An itchy head. <laughs> An itchy head. Um, um, so maybe we'll keep a parsley plant. Oh, I'm going <coughs> to pop... Excuse me. We'll yeah, see what happens to it. Yeah, I'm going to pop them into nice little terracotta pots and make them look pretty. They're rather pretty and, and then also if... parsley's nice. Oh, nice. And if we have them by the kitchen, then I can just pop out the door and snip them. And you can make more garlic bread. More garlic bread. <laughs> that was your only, that was the only drive way. to have parsley. Was yeah, to get exactly. Garlic bread. Otherwise, in that garden, we had camassias, which seem to now just be popping up everywhere. I can't get... Everyone's going on about camassias at the moment. Yeah, I can't get enough of them. They are in pretty much every episode of gardener's world they are amazing they really have been lately haven't they mm. i would love them we they like Can't shade and they though. like damp we don't have damp and we don't have much shade because we're on a hill and we're facing south so generally everything gets really well blasted by sun yeah but we do have kind of a shady area behind a mm. terrace that could more shade from the garden furniture so maybe behind there we might be able to set something up I think we should definitely try getting camassias because they're beautiful. Oh, I do love them. I really, really like them. Then also he had peonies in there. He also had thalictrum. So this is actually from the buttercup family. And when I was looking it up, it was really pretty. So these beautiful, delicate little purple flowers. And then it's quite um, see-through, right? See-through, I'm going to say, because there are loads of flowers. So you imagine like a buttercup. Mm. And so it just had loads of these stems, so it was all floaty and wafty, and it was really pretty. So the so, same shape as a buttercup, but purple? A slightly different shape. Yeah. So not as um, flat-ended petals, if you see yeah. what I mean. Slightly yeah. more yeah. pointed. Pointy. Yeah. And then there was that dwarf rhododendron, which he used to replace the box. Bloom box. Mm. That was such a good idea, wasn't really it? Really lovely. Because we have a tiny box hedge which again we inherited but we inherited it dead oh very much dead just a brown 
box pretty much <laughs> yes yeah, it was a box i don't know if it was blight i think it was more likely the moths because when mm. we arrived there were a lot of the moths in the lavender they yeah. do like lavender but they don't seem to decimate it like they do the box no so i i never want to have box again because i just it feels so high maintenance and i don't have time for high maintenance also these days people are finding like nicer well um, the dwarf rhododendrons are much nicer options yeah I think, with the flowers going like the there are so many great options these days. Mm. Like Monty, for instance, was doing his U, yeah, which he always propagates um, a kind of round December time. Yeah, so that's lovely. That seems to work well. That and that grow can grow quite quick, quickish, quickish. So then, uh, any more on the wall garden? Uh, other than that, there was just these beautiful cone um, shrubby structures, which I really like, which were repeated around the walled garden so just give that nice structure which i really i didn't get the name of those no they they didn't say the name and i couldn't tell what it was it was possibly going towards a yui mm. look well if anyone listening yeah um, knows the name of those it'd be really helpful if you could let us know yeah that would be really good then they went to a uh, toby went on his own briefly to this meadow which was just filled with snakes head fritillaries oh we've so been wanting that (laughs) we would love that but again i think we're too dry and too exposed to the sun but we'll keep trying yeah we will then he went to woodland grade woodland glade yes anemones Primulas. Lovely. What else did you see? Aquilegia. Oh, he talked about the different levels, didn't he? Aquilegia's, yeah. again, the thalictrum. Yes. And I think there were also camassias in there the as well. Fox gloves and camassias. Uh, yeah. yeah. Really nice. So I had a look online to see if I could find anything else out about the place. Um, and I've found out about James. He is originally from Salisbury in Wiltshire, and he graduated from Spars Holt College in Winchester with an HND in horticulture. Oh, for me, it's interesting to find out how these head gardeners and so on got where they are, and what qualifications they have. So yeah, he's he's um, well, that's what he's done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure is. (laughs) And he's worked around the south of England from Dorset to Herefordshire. Um, and then in terms of Aberglasney Gardens, um, they are they've uh, well, I know Toby talked briefly about Aberglasney as a whole, but. They have 10 mm. acres of over 20 different garden styles from Formal oh to Woodland. So gosh. to visit there, I mean, that would be a really incredible day out. Well, we've got to go to there. Oh, I absolutely want to take you to there. 10 acres of 20 Ten different styles. To me, that's the ideal thing. We have your different sections and you mm. know, it says on the, their webpage from Woodland, um, from Formal to Woodland. And that that's exactly what I like. Cause yeah. I just... I like everything, that's the problem. So if there can be a, a place for everything. It's quite difficult with gardening, I've, <laughs> yeah. personally, I find, to find a perfect type of garden because everything is everything so beautiful is great, in it? its different way. So they have formal to woodland, they also have exotic and modern. Uh, it's this fully, they have a fully restored Elizabethan cloister garden as well. Wow. <laughs> which apparently is the only surviving surviving example of its kind in the UK today. Really? So, it sounds like wow. a definitely worth a visit. Mm. So after Aberglasney, Mont- we're back with Monty, and he's in his woodland area. Yes. Uh, the plants, I'll quickly rattle off the plants. I, I saw there was Imperial Fritillaries, Snowdrops, Primrose, Primula vulgaris, Foxgloves, and Geranium Phaeum. 
lovely. So we went to Violet Kroll's garden in Kent. That was uh, one of the vis- visited gardens. This was stunning. I oh, And also, amazing. Violet was the most gorgeous <laughs> human being ever. How much do you love Violet? I love her. I do, I'm like, very she, competitive, she said numerous times. She made me <laughs> smile just seeing her and the way she'd talk about her different plants. It just made me laugh. So we were in the patio area to start with. What yes. plants did you get? So she showed us some daffs, some roses, some dahlias. So this was, these were also the plants that she shows off at lots of competitions. I mean, the photo, the few photos that we got were beautiful. So the dahlia names I got were Mary's Jomanda. Jomanda, yeah. Which was a pink, pink dahlia, and then there was more place that little, oh, that pretty little pom pom dahlia. It gets a nice. Um, the Jamanda one gets a nice 1.1 meters tall, so it's a nice big plant. Oh, it's a big thing. Yeah, it's lovely. And she, the thing she said about them, so we have dahlias, but we don't dig them up, we don't do anything, we just leave them. But yeah. We put a lot of mulch on top. Mm. And also I cut off all the stems and I lay them on top as well as mulch. Yeah, and we've got fleecing the, as well. The frost stays away. This year I haven't used fleece, so a bit no. risky, but we'll see what happens. Um, she digs them up and puts them in sawdust to keep them dry. And then she uses seaweed juice, she says. Yeah. <laughs> and then plants them up with ash. And she waters them a lot. But she is displaying them. We're not displaying. No, we really aren't. We haven't got time for that. But we, uh, she takes a lot of care over hers. And they're beautiful dahlias, aren't they? They're very perfect. They're perfect. She had a sunken garden as well. Yeah, lots of sunken gardens these days, actually. And what plants did you get in there? In there, I got hot lips. Well, she talked about hot lips, crocosmia, and hydrangeas. And I, she also had a banana and an acer in there. Yes, she did. Lovely acer. And which if... gives lots of colour and lots of... Oh, it's lovely. Oh, um, and she said it gives kind of a Japanese-y feel. Yeah, exactly. She's by the pond, doesn't she? Yeah. And she also had daylilies, which we just caught a, caught a mm. glimpse of as she came out. They were pretty. I really liked daylilies. We caught a glimpse of a lot of uh, plants, but we can talk about that in a bit. Um, yeah then she went to her lot her allotment which was also amazing and she's doing (laughs) like she's just doing so well on everything she mentions a load of plants that we don't actually see so she mentions a medlar mulberry peach cherries white currant red currant black currant yeah and she spent a bit of time thinking what else have i got oh fig yes fig Fig and figs are so good i love figs but she uh also she then shows her kale yeah. So cabbage, cabbages. And she talks about... Shaman of... ca- cabbages. What were they? Shaman. Shaman. Oh, that was it. Yeah. And then she talks about a tin of black bean... Black-eyed beans. Black-eyed beans that she had in the cupboard. Which actually has now given us an idea because we had these mm. beans that were way over. Dried out beans. Dried out beans. So we're going to pop those in water, just like you said, Violet, and we're going to see, see if, if they, they get sprout. any shoots and if they do take it from there. Yeah, unfortunately, they're dwarf variety. For some reason, we went through a phase of just getting dwarf stuff. Just getting loads of which dwarf stuff. wasn't on purpose no, either. No, because we need to use height because we don't have that much space. Exactly. <laughs> she also, one of her favourite veggies is sweet corn. And oh, I, I, I saw love some artichoke flowers in there, I think they were. Yes. Uh, in In the veggie garden, she had a sign. I don't know if you read what it said on it. No, I didn't see what it got. <laughs> It says, polite message to all local cats. This is not a toilet. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. Did you spot any other plants? Nope. I think I saw acanthus, the lilies which you mentioned, rudbeckia, saw some fuchsias, nasturtium, cannas. Um, 
But then one of the things she said that really made me hoot with laughter was she went, you win some, you lose some, in it. <laughs> in it. <laughs> so fair enough. I like that in it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I had a look online and nothing was said about that. In fact, on all of these, or quite a few of these, I'm finding nothing's mentioned about the National Garden Scheme. Um, but Violet is part of the NGS and her place is called Avalon, as in Dunkirk in Kent. And she has some open days this year. So she's open the 11th and 12th of May, 8th and 9th of June, 16th of July, 10th and 11th of August. Um, and there's an incredible little video on the NGS YouTube you channel. You showed me it. It was beautiful. Oh my goodness me. And, and suddenly you see her garden in all its glory. So when I was seeing it on Gardener's World, I was thinking, oh, this is pretty, it's small. It's a back garden. It's a little back garden. Yeah. This thing is enormous. It's really enormous. She's got woodland areas. She's got all sorts. It's full on. Yeah. And she really shows more of her plants on there. So Mm. if you can access YouTube and have go to the, if you go to the National Garden Scheme YouTube channel and then in the search, there's a little search thing you can enter. And if you put in Avalon, A-V-A-L-O-N, just do a search on that. It'll bring up Violet's Garden and there's a lovely video. It's really worth checking out. So we were briefly back with Monty and he was in his spring garden. I got three plants, tulips, forget-me-nots, and then the Hemerocallis daylily. Yeah, which is actually quite interesting because I'm doing Greek in Latin actually in the I'm doing Greek in Latin actually at the moment. And if I remember correctly, Hemerocallis is derived from the Greek for hemer day callis beautiful. So it's well, most the perfect of the day. Perfect use of the Is that Latin or Greek? Greek. The most perfect use of the Greek language. Yes. Then we swiftly moved on to Amir's allotment in Gloucestershire. I really enjoyed listening to him. He was so calm and chilled and very sort of dulcet tones. Yeah. Had a clear love, didn't he, for his, his not just yeah. his allotment, but the wildlife around him. It was it was very therapeutic listening to him because he had it all under control. He knew what he was doing. Even the mole hills, he was just like, oh, I you know that. what? I don't need to worry about the moles. I'm just going to brill thank you for all of this and you see it all online it says all about how molehills are great because it's such fine soil well because of amir i then checked that out as well because we get a mole who seems to show yeah show it's we never see it but we do see the remnants of it i I, as i was walking the dog i saw in the neighbor's garden loads of molehills and i was like oh my gosh (laughs) lots of coming back to us yeah they'll be coming to us soon (laughs) and um yeah, I like that idea of scooping up the soil and then using it. And he used it for some carrots in a pot, didn't he? Which looked very really lush. But we didn't see enough of Amir. No. Um, we saw that he had some carrots, sweet corn, chives and lettuce in his garden. Yes. In his allotment, sorry. And then also I saw there was also some red lettuce. And then there was a um, a common vetch we saw. Uh, and a strawberry lovely. flower as well. Yeah. Um. But I then had a look online to see a bit more about Amir's allotment. He has a whole YouTube channel. And if you enjoyed his very calm, softly spoken segment on Gardener's World, you can get just so much more. There are around 50 videos already on YouTube. And every single one, it's lovely. It takes him right from the start of getting his allotment and dealing with all sorts of things, with drought, with flood. There were some floods in Gloucestershire this year. Uh, where are we 2024 2023 there was some flooding yeah and um, how he's dealing with that and it's i have to say it's really enjoyable they're little kind of 10 minute on average length videos 
really worth having a look at. I and can imagine. Yeah, he's got a lovely way. He commented, actually, I posted a listing of all the plant names that we came up with and on yep. Instagram, and he commented, actually. Um, so it's definitely worth following him. You can find him, his comments on our our Instagram page. Um, yep. Otherwise, go to YouTube and look up Amir's allotment. Next, Monty puts us into the safe hands of Carol. Lovely Carol. Lovely Carol. Yeah, visiting Wild Goose Nursery in Shropshire. This is an abandoned late Georgian kitchen garden, which they brought back to life in 2015. Yeah. Uh, So the sections I have, which you might have something different, but we started in the borders. Mm. Um, What plants did you get in there? Well, one of these borders, which... I've literally just written down bubble bath border because for me it looked like <laughs> so good suds. description. It looked like moundy. Yeah, it was very moundy. It was very mm. frothy, which we strive for, don't we? A good the good froth on the top of coffee. That's what it was like to me. So in here we had things such as Cynthia trichum, Achillea, um, t- oh my gosh, I can't say the names today. Tamarca, 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 Potomica. Potomica. There we go. Potomica. So the is a prairie purple. Yeah. Achillea Potomica is an, from the Asteraceae family. Is it called the pearl? Yeah. Spreads by, by rhizomes, actually. So that's oh, okay. Like a dahlia. And then Melica silate. Did you get that? Uh, yeah. Me- Me- Melica ciliata, which oh, okay. is also called... It might be more well known as a hairy melic grass or a silky spike melic. We are novice gardeners and we struggle with all the Latin names. I am so sorry with my speech. Oh my gosh. Also, you've had a long day at school, so you're forgiven. (laughs) There was Selenum Wallachania. This is going to be when a... Carol does it. She just rattles them off, and so we go. Selenum Wallachianum. Let me say it. Wallachianum. Selenum. Selenum. Oh my god. Selenum Wallachianum. Selenum Wallachianum. I'm going with that. I'm sticking I'm with, with it. That. I'm sticking <laughs> with it. Then Verbena officinalis Bampton. That's a bit easier to say. Which dies back below ground every year so we've got quite a few plants which do that so don't be like oh my god it's died because it hasn't have we got any verbena in our garden no but i'm going to be sowing the seed for verbena oh lovely this year yes that would be really nice and also it's good in gravel gardens so well, we are trying to create gravel a garden. gravel garden but we'll talk about that another day because we've got so much to get through today <laughs> uh talking of seeds that then she talked about some cell seeders so i got a triple x hortensis var x rubra yep yes which red arachi arachi well it's the um what do you call it red mountain spinach that Rekka oh, has in her it. garden. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Which well, she said is edible. Yeah, it gives that salty, nutty, nutty yeah, taste. Yeah, it's very pretty. But then the flowers, which is actually on the front cover of Rekka's Kitchen Diary book. No way. And it, you just see these spires of what dark What colour are the flowers? Red. Dark, dark, They're red dark as well. Because the leaves and stem are all red, aren't they? I'd call them a blood red, like a proper blood yeah. colour. So that could be the anthocyanin again mm. in those. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then she there was a biennial section. 
Yes. Oh my gosh, some more Latin names to say. <laughs> oh god. Pusidanum. Pusidanum. Pusidanum verticulari. Which is an umbellifer, once again. Yeah, giant hog fennel. That was absolutely massive, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm always a bit I'm always slightly mm. a bit wary of um bellifers, especially like the big hog. Because you think of the giant hogweed. Exactly. Yeah. And these aren't dissimilar. In fact, for me I find it quite hard to tell the difference between a mm. large uh, cow parsley and a and, giant hogweed. Yeah, it's quite scary. Then she pointed out some fennel and also Lunaria annua, which yeah. sort of normal name, if you call it that, is honesty. Honesty, and I was interested about the Latin name. With I the never lunaria. knew that was the Latin name. No, I didn't know it. Lunaria, so obviously the L- lunaria area meaning moon. And then also, I found it quite interesting that it's called honesty because of the transparency of the seed head. It's therefore like transparent, if you see what I mean. So it's honest. You can kind of see through it if you kind oh, of see where I I'm see. going with that. I do. Is the, that why it's called honesty? It's yeah. It's the, one of the reasons they've called it honesty. Oh wow! Because of the transparentness, and you can see, you can see it. There's nothing. Yeah, hidden if someone's from transparent, you. they're not hiding anything. You from see you. the seed. Yeah, yeah. You see what you're gonna get. So it's honest. It's honest. It's like, Here are my seeds. Check Here them out. Se- <laughs> Check me out. Hey. Is the lunaris bit anything to? Because lunar. Well, lunaria moon. to do with the moon. Moon shaped seed pods. It is b- yeah. to do with that. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because when I look at them and when the sun the sun's shining through them, it looks it's like a moon. They look like little moons, don't they? Especially with the seeds inside it creates kind of... The oh my God, the craters. The, the craters of a moon. Yes, it looks exactly like that. Then the other name I got was Petrinia Manandra in the biennial section. Yeah. Then she went to the wall garden and she just mentioned the sanguisorba, that beautiful grass that we love. I also saw echinacea. Oh, what? I also saw echinacea oh, as okay. well. Yeah, but the sanguisorba is really lovely. We need to get that in yeah, our garden. Do. We've got various grasses, but that one's a pretty one, isn't it? It's sort of red, catkiny kind of ends. Mm. Like and nice, then... compact ones as well. And then with the brick wall behind, it just yeah. worked really that well. That did work well. I found the whole setup was perfect. Oh, it was gorgeous. And then you mentioned about spotting echinacea. In terms of things I spotted, there was rubecchia. It's also meringium, red hot pokers. Yes. Uh, sedums, calendula, echinacea, as you mentioned, and lithrum fagatum. <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you have anything else on the plants? Uh, I think other than that, I had alliums in purples and pinks and foxgloves, oh. uh, which weren't watered, which was... Yes, which we're all for, not all watering for, obviously, <laughs> yeah. I've actually planted some foxgloves out this year, so it'd be interesting to see what colour they are. So Wild Goose Nursery, I did put some information about it on our um, Instagram page and I immediately spelt Wild Goose wrong, so apologies for that. <laughs> it should be Wild, W-I-L-D-E-G-O-O-S-E, Wild Goose. I missed out the, I'm so sorry. No worries, we all make mistakes. <laughs> we do mummy bear more than others. It's that age. In Munslow in Shropshire is where these nurseries are. They are currently closed until the 28th of March when they are back for the public, of course. Um, but they, as well as their incredible gardens, they also have a nursery um, offering sort of various classes and workshops. So you can go online and you can book these classes. So they have, for example, I give you one, which is the gardening work. The, the, sorry, the gardening year 
That's with Laura and Jack Wilgos. And there are five topics covered over five sessions, five workshops. So, for example, on the 10th of February, they do roses, mulching techniques, root and basil cuttings. Then in April, they do staking using hazel, growing be- uh, bedding, start, start of the vegetable garden year and taking cuttings. And then in May, they do talk about preparing borders for summer, leaf and tip cuttings. And then in uh, July keeping the show on the road is what they call this workshop oh, that's the most one <laughs> summer divisions and preparing for winter crops and in september they talk about late season color planting bulbs collecting and cleaning seed and looking ahead to the winter months so some they do just some really interesting stuff that's just some of what they do they also do po- propagation um classes staking perennials um maintenance techniques all these sorts of things so it's worth having a look to see what they've got i'd like to go to one of those yeah i I was when i was looking through them i was thinking it'd be right up your street yeah yeah um but they also you can buy plants off them online as well so if you go to their webpage, they have a whole selection of plants that you can buy and also on top of that they have workwear tools and books in terms of oh. yeah, I knew that would prick your ears. <laughs> yeah. So, so in terms of work, we're talking beanies, scarves, gardening gloves, oh. that kind of thing, and then a whole selection of tools and books. I love beanies. Then we're briefly with Monty in his dry garden. Uh, he talks about sedum purple emperor, euphorbia cracius. And Knautia Macedonica. Macedonica, yeah. <laughs> Knautia Macedonica. Knautia Macedonica, which yep. is a Macedonian scabious. Uh, scabious, and I'm really big on my scabious at the moment. I oh, love yeah. them. We've got a purple one. We've also then got these really big ones, like big-headed ones. Nice. All purples. Haven't actually got any other colours, so I'm waiting for some pretty reds well look we're running out of time so we need to get on to the next your gardens which is fammy mcdonald and salisbury yes this was so sweet this was so cute her her endeavors to create a little uh walkway or a little ladder basically for her her little resident hedgehog which is shack Shakti, <laughs> the most gorgeous hedgehog and in the night vision uh camera views it was so sweet oh, watching little this little thing trying their to little get feet. out. Everything about them is gorgeous. Oh. There were no plants mentioned in no. Fanny's section. Um, so really it was about Phil coming over to build a hedgehog ramp uh, whilst Fanny made cups of tea and instructed him. Yes, exactly. Um, and he made a gorgeous little ladder with this kind of board underneath and then Shaki comes along. Um, initially bypasses the ramp and <laughs> yeah. then figures it out. It was so funny. It's something that Hobbs would have done. Hobbs <laughs> would have gone, totally. I don't know what that's what. What meant. on earth's going on uh, here? Yeah. Um, and then there's a sweet photo at the end of Shakti um, just looking very pleased with himself. Shakti looked gorgeous. I loved Shakti. I found a little bit out about Fami. She's a freelance graphic designer. She's got a lovely website actually called fizzy, uh, le- fizzylemonade.co.uk. Oh, yes. Um but she herself had set up a YouTube channel as well, uh, briefly though. But there are some videos. She she's been eight years in her her city centre house. Um, she talks about on her YouTube channels about struggling with agoraphobia and anxiety, which makes leaving her house tricky, and on some days impossible. So she started documenting the bonds she builds with the wildlife in her wild area. 
um, oh. in her YouTube channel. That's really uh, sweet. They're called Wild Garden Diaries. Um, and she records everything either on her iPhone or a night vision camera. Um, so she's got the, some of the names that she's given some of the animals. Dave and Mrs. Dave, the blackbirds. Oh my God, that is brilliant. <laughs> Fluffy the robin, which frankly I think is better than your name Mick that you've given our robin. Uh, no, Mick is, is Mick. great. <laughs> Shaggy the hedgehog. And then there's Fwank. Fwank. Fwank the pigeon. Fwank. And then there's Marvin the Staffy Cross, who, who's I can only imagine isn't wild, but somehow is in her garden. And Spock the Sparrowhawk who found himself inside her lounge at one point. Fami has also written some children's books, which she's illustrated herself. So you can have a look at her website, as I say, fizzylemonade.co.uk. Then we're quickly back with Monty again. He talks about Ali and Purple Sensation, Euphorbias and Irises, before he introduces Will Tear in Sheffield. Yes. So Will Tear, he brews beer during the week that's how it was introduced mm. but we since learnt out he no longer brews beer during no the longer week. but we can talk about that in a bit yes so he has this incredibly steep garden it's a 1930s estate uh, the houses are all small and gardens are tight together and the gardens drop really far down into the woods yeah um, long long and rectangular long and thin basically the width of the house terraced houses yeah and then they go long down woods behind they used to have a fence across, um, which blocked the garden from the woods, and then they found out on the deeds that actually they own part of the woods. Yeah. Uh, it was really neglected, and uh, so they started doing some work on it. So first of all, he goes kind of into the woodland area. Mm. What plants did you pick up in there? Well, I picked up on foxgloves, ferns, euphorbias. Um, he also talked about Saxifraga Erbium. Yeah, the London, London Pride. Pride. That's oh, Sorry, yes. Yeah, exactly. London Pride. And this is, I'm going to call it my soap sud plant oh, as well. I and why. I think that should yeah. have been in Carol in the garden, <laughs> Wild Goose Garden. You in tell the soap sud. <laughs> yep. Should have been in there. But this grows to a nice 15 to 30 centimetres big. So decent nice. size. And he had this crawling across the steps and he wasn't I... keen on it at first was he no and then he found it was great you could just take chunks and plant it elsewhere really and good. it softened the steps it did it made it less like oh steps here that there yeah i like that there was a fluidity to it what other plants did you pick up on he his? also talked about the most amazing himalayan blue poppy called mechanopsis lingholm yes <laughs> <laughs> trying to read your writing. I was trying to read my writing. But the blue of this poppy didn't look real. It looked like a, a art, a, like a CGI yeah. or artificial intelligence it, type type image. It's amazing, rarest poppy. All right. He then also talked about uh, bleeding hearts, which I also really want to get in our garden because mm. these they're like a fuchsia for me. They're, they're very similar, aren't they? Very similar. Would you say a cross between a fuchsia and a salvia? Oh, possibly. Like the hot lips and yeah. those types of salvias. Gosh, yes, I mean, actually. salvias, I shouldn't just say salvias because they, salvias, you get they all sorts. span so yeah. many types, don't they? You've got a very different look between your hardies and your tender ones. So you want a head of purchasing here to get some he yeah. bleeding hearts. Got it. How um, could you please N noted. <laughs> scan the barcode and get me some? <laughs> what other plants did you pick up on? I then also picked up an... Impatiens omeyana, 
Omeniana. I'm not sure if I said that correctly, but it's a Mount Omey Busy Lizzie. Oh, yes. Uh, which is evergreen, which is an evergreen perennial. Uh, and it will bloom until the until frost. So mm-hmm. that's a nice, long blooming plant. Anything else? Nope. So I saw, if, uh, well, he mentioned Fatsia polycarpa. And then the ones I spotted, oh yeah, I had White Bleeding Heart. Yes. Which you mentioned. Red Campions, there were some forget-me-nots. Love, always very nice in a nice foresty oh, area. Oh, gorgeous. And then some Pulma- Pulmonaria Lungwort. Gunnera Tinctoria. Oh, this was... I think you'd mentioned that to me as we were watching it. Yes. Well, mainly because Tinctoria brought up a little light bulb moment in my head. Because I got a Coreopsis Coreopsis called Tinctoria Roulette Wheel. Yeah, and that I will be showing later on the Instagram. But I'm going to be getting from the flower heads, which are uh, like a roulette wheel between red and yellow, and I'm going to try and dye some white t-shirts because tinctoria means to a dye. It's a d- means dyeable. Dyeable. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Dianthus gigang. Gigangius. I saw Star of Persian Alliums, Buttercups, Daisies, Pink Meadow Rue, and Purple and White Alliums. It was beautiful, and I really liked how he used a lot of foliage because of the shadiness. Mm. You're gonna get less flowers. It was a proper secret garden. He talked about talked about it being a secret garden. He also said how he had to make sure he got the balance between. Kids charging yes. around the garden at high speeds. Oh, yes. I also really liked how you used the hill to put a slide in. I, I made a note of that as well. Slide down the slope. I just loved that. thing is, if we were to put one in, it would be a black run. It would be very much so I need a soft landing. It would be a black run and we're not in shade. So what what material do you use? If you use plastic, that would be... First of all, it's a long hill, so it'd be a lot of plastic, which I'm not keen on. No. If you use metal, then you're just going to burn your butt cheeks on that. <laughs> oh, you can burn so your you butt cheeks. <laughs> or you're going to you find a little fire at the back whilst you're going down on a cushion. So at the moment, we'll leave the slide. Might want to leave that for now. Uh, he did an amazing job with all the, the structure, steps that he made with wood and gravel. Rose, his wife, um, the original plan was she'd put all the plants in and he would do all the structural stuff, but then he wanted to get involved. So what I then found out about him online is that he, shortly after, I don't know how long after actually, but after that that film of him, yeah. he stopped brewing, he gave up his day job and started doing horticulture. And he has his own uh, gardening design garden design business wow um and he's called will will tier garden design he's actually um responded to our post on instagram yeah, he did. where we said Facebook. about his garden yeah um and if you look at his instagram page and his website beautiful stuff going on and he's good because he he's He's kind of unique because he has experience of dealing with very, very, very tricky space. Very tricky um, conditions. And we speak from a little bit of experience on that, where we, we have do. this ridiculous slope and um, 
you know, there are all sorts of challenges with gardening. A slope is one of them. and um, It's not easy. Not easy at all. Everything is hard work. Everything's effort. You're against gravity all the time. Oh, there are so many sods of mud that I've dug up and you've just watched roll down the hill. Just roll down the hill. I've even, when you were very young and were helping to build the paths, I've watched you almost roll down the hill and that was a frightening moment. Yeah, when, when I was carrying a compost sack. Carrying a compost sack. So <laughs> if you want to find Will Tear, he's called, on Instagram, he's actually at woodland.edge. Um, so not what you'd expect. But otherwise, his website is willtear.co.uk. Then we're back with Monty, and he talks briefly about uh, moving those non-hardy plants that he normally digs up from the garden, puts into the uh, shed. Sorry, am I not talking into the microphone enough? No, I just I can do. tell by your grimace. <laughs> I give you a finger. Move, mummy bear, your face to the microphone. To the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and so he basically has taken all these plants. He's accepted that one can't keep moving things, one can't keep trying to heat things. It's not sustainable. It's no. not economical. It's not environmentally friendly. So take these plants plant them somewhere else if they work they're great if they don't and they die then find something else yeah i'm very much about this ethos by i'm the way. very much about it because it also means i don't have to do as much work it's lower maintenance <laughs> it's quite nice and easy so he's moving to the mound the nset bananas musa baju bananas which are more hardy than the nset all his nsets died he thinks musa baju did all right I think we must have Musa Baju because we just leave ours out. We do nothing. It goes all brown. I actually like the brown foliage in the winter. I think it's quite pretty. But otherwise we do it's nothing. It's interesting. <laughs> um, it re-sprouts and it produces all its babies. So oh. all good there. We yeah. speak from experience. We get quite decent frosts here and they're doing well. We, he had gingers, tree dahlias, canna, canna Wyoming, hedicium, densiflorum, assam orange, ginger lilies. Uh, so those he was planting up on the mound and going to see. So it's a work in progress. Let's see how those goes. Yeah. Then he introduces Adam, who is visiting gardens in Whitstable. Yes, all along the coast. Four gardens, four different aspects. Very uh, different. Four different types of gardens. Um, and the first one he went to is Phil Gom. Well, I've got a bit more information. What yep. did you? What plants did you get for Phil Gom? They didn't talk a huge amount about plants. No. It was quite thinly spread, this section. It was but... very thinly spread, but... He showed us this garden, which was very much so about the foliage and very much so uh, about the kind of length of it and also having climbers up these very high fences. Which I love because I, I really, really, really have a phobia against fence panels. Yeah, we do have a phobia. And I always want to grow stuff up. Just cover it. I just mm. want it covered There's with, no with need plants. For it. Yeah. So, for instance, he had a cysis, which is actually can be a, a houseplant. So it's one of those nice dangly ones, gorgeous leaves. So you had that going up the fence and that was completely uh, smothering the fence panel. He then also had a pomegranate tree, which... <laughs> he was so proud of I, that. He was so proud of it, but so he should be. I just... My eyes just went to sources. I was just like, oh, wowzer, how did you get that? We tried a couple of pomegranates and they both got hit mm. by the frost, I think, wasn't it? The first year we put them in. I think they got hit by quite a lot of things, mm. possibly me tripping into tripping over them <laughs> you never told me that i don't know <laughs> I was but blaming I think, the elements i, I didn't think... know it was my big-footed teenager oh no i think it was mainly the elements but <laughs> i worried that things might have happened other than that and possibly also cows came onto our field at one point we did have that at one point 
but we've put a fence up now. Yeah. Clematis also here growing up. And golden hops. Golden hops. Those are the things he mentioned. Yes. And these all have nice leaf leaf shapes. So what I found out about Phil uh, is that he and his partner, Paul Carey, they moved from East London. They used to have a rooftop garden um, and they bought this place, which was an old fisherman's uh, cottage or fisherman's yard, and they transformed it into a garden. They had to deal with things like a rogue bamboo plant that was growing in it. Oh no, that is awful. Yeah, that, like I mean, that's actually my. It's a nightmare that I could it's have. A fear, isn't it? It's, it's a bit like um. If that happens, what's the other one? Uh, Japanese knotweed. Yeah, Japanese knotweed. Uh, it is a concern, isn't it? It's so they scary. Had, they had to dig that up, mm. and then it was just this kind of clay soil. So they brought in seven tons, seven tons of topsoil and compost in that little garden. So they really built it up. They come, wow. as I say, they came from East London. They came with a lorry full of plants that they already had. Paul has Caribbean roots, so he was big on tropical type things. Oh, I can, you can yeah. see that in the oh. very tropical, trying to get the big leaf shapes. This garden was really stunning. I really liked um, and, it. But you don't appreciate how stunning until you go online and see they've had um, whole articles done on in oh, that's um, nice. various magazines. Yeah. Um, but they anyway they liberated all these plants from their pots once they brought them from oh, London lovely. and they got the topsoil down and started building up. They did a wavy path, didn't they? So you can't yeah. see the other end from the house. That's a really big deal. I think that's like one of the biggest things I've learned is wavy paths. It's if you have a long, abs- if you have a small garden, small and well. long garden. Yeah. So this is only three meters by ten meters. Their garden apparently. So you can make an appointment to go visit this garden. Oh, lovely. Uh, so you just need to contact them. So you write to p.gom, G-O-M-M, p.gom at u, as in the letter u, creative.ac.uk. So it's p.gom at ucreative.ac.uk. Um, then we went on to Sarah Morgan. Yes. Uh, the plants I picked, what plants did you get? A very, very different way of gardening. So very, very much so with the wind, I'm going to call this garden. Because she th- had things such as buddleias, species rosy roses, <laughs> um, cetoniaster, uh, cetoniasters. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I read my notes so badly then, and I said to myself the other day, "You must remember to say that correctly." Cetoniasters. I but also, cetoniaster. The point is, you've finished a long day at school. It is now late and you haven't had your dinner. <laughs> I haven't had my dinner. This, so, this as a growing teenager, <laughs> we know you need food to, to function. Yeah. So I meant a ketoniaster. Then also she had a cisyrinchium. Yeah, cisyrinchium. So it's from the iris family. Oh, okay. Derived from the Greek pig snout. Oh. Which it does actually look like a little pig That's snout. That's interesting. And then she also had valerium. And you could see when Adam was standing in the, in the garden, he had some grasses. There was some nice kind of like metal structures behind him. It was very much, and it was getting battered by the wind. So these are good plants. So she has, a, she's also a garden designer. Oh, wow. Uh, and her business is called The Garden Creative. Her website's thegardencreative.com. Um, she's working, an interesting thing on her website, she's working with nine trees the less the number nine trees all one word 
which is to plant trees for the future. So when she plants a tree in your garden, nine trees will also plant one in a woodland in the UK. Oh, that's nice. Giving, so basically giving you two trees for the future. Two. Nice. For the price of one. Brilliant. Um, which is just wonderful, isn't it? So really working to build up the trees and yeah, and the environment in the UK. So um, a lovely initiative. I wish we'd heard more from her. She did actually um, respond to the instagram post that i did with the list of her plants when you have a look at her instagram page which is the garden create at garden create have a look on our instagram page you'll be able to see links um she you you don't in fact somebody else responded and said you need to check out more about um sarah because she's you know got this incredible garden yeah you don't see half you don't see half it but when you go onto her website and onto instagram you just see loads she's got such a stunning garden and there's so much more to it than what we in that brief moment that we saw so really have a look and online to see what she's got i'm looking forward to going onto her page it's definitely worth a look then there's elspeth dougal yes um i didn't find out any information about elspeth other than possibly she's really into free uh, open water swimming oh that sounds amazing <laughs> which i didn't dig too much into because you know that's not too much to do with gardening no nope. um i so what did, plants did you hear about verbenas foxgloves euphorbias as well mm-hmm. and as adam very much showed was that the garden was very windy at that mm. point but nothing was leaning and nothing was like going oh my god straining this way straining that way they were just going with the um didn't she have the door frames yeah she had those big um arches which she did say over time she wants the climbers to go over Mm. them they were quite new in it looked it yeah it did look very new in which is a lot like some of the things that we've done and i understand that and then having like a lovely honeysuckle for instance i could see that going up looking beautiful she then also had uh geums and alliums in there and thalictrums which we've talked about i think twice already yes we have uh then we went to kathy pickering and this was this lovely roof i was mm. gonna say roof terrace but it wasn't even that it was a roof that was she then built terrace. terracing on yeah because it was a, a kind of wonky roof with all sorts of different angles well, it was a sloping roof wasn't it and then yeah. she built these little steps really for all her plants to go on yeah it was so cute so she had lots of succulents because obviously it's it's so Mm, exposed up there so exposed and then also she had things such as um osteosperms because you love as adam said it creates a little micro microclimate in there so as much as it's exposed it is a degree or so Mm. warmer there's a um a youtuber called well her page her channel is called mid-sized gardens and she's this lovely lady who talk, has been going for quite a long time, it seems. I've I've referred to her a lot for our garden. Um, and she interviews various people, but she interviewed Kathy Pickering, it seems. And um, so there's some more information on there. So if you go to the Midsize Garden YouTube channel and do a search again, and the little search thing, you can look up Kathy Pickering and that'll take you to some more information on what she's doing. Perfect. So that was Gardener's World 
what are we on? Compilations. Episode one. Episode 2024. one. 2024. Not in that order. Something like that. Yes. Somewhere in that area. As you could probably tell we're very tired and ready for dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I loved that episode and I loved talking to you about it, Sweet Pea. So interesting and some great new facts. So what was your top tip? Uh, well, before top tip, I do need to say I forgot to say with all the Whitstable Gardens, they are all also, pretty much all, on the NGS side. So well, top tip, this is before we talk about what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Top tip is check out National Garden Schemes because they have everything. And there are so many websites and pages on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you go on, give so much information and you can go visit these incredible little gardens or big gardens. Yeah. So really check that out. That's not mentioned enough in Gardener's World. So we, at the end of this, we would like to talk about our favourite plant and our favourite takeaway, don't we? Top takeaway and top uh, That's right. favourite plant. Favourite plant, top takeaway. Yeah, that's the order. <laughs> that's the order, okay. Hit it, mummy bear. My favourite plant is the boom bucks. Boom bucks. B- rhododendron. Bloom bucks. Rhododendron. Oh, sorry. Did I say that? I couldn't have said that more wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bloom bucks. Rhododendron. Bloom bucks. Rhododendron. I love that as a box replacement. Way better because it flowers it and flowers. It has beautiful flowers. I just worry, can that only be in acidic soil? But I'd figure that out at a later date. Yeah. And, and your favourite plant? My favourite plant was from Violet's Garden, and that was the Mary Germanda Dahlia Pom Pom one. I just, I love dahlias. I'm a big dahlia fan. I thought you were going to say the geranium. The ger- Oh. <laughs> now there's one that I could have said. <laughs> I thought you liked the crimson dahlia. Daily, um, sorry, geranium. crimson geranium. Fayum. Fayum. Well, nope. I prefer dahlias. I'm a big. I'm. I'm with gotcha. Rachel. I love dahlias. <laughs> gotcha. I'm with you. Uh, so your top takeaway? My top takeaway was also from Violet's garden, where she uh, put the black-eyed beans in water, nice. and I just thought, of course, of such course. a great idea. That is Why not? Idea. Got to do nothing that. to lose, right? Exactly. You got nothing to lose. It's a win-win. Yeah. So my top takeaway was um, the using molehills. Oh, taking that's a good Amir's idea. idea, taking the molehills and brilliant, m- making use of nature's little churners and diggers, and yeah, and use those for your pots or, or wherever your beds. Use that great fine soil. <laughs> oh, so that's us for this week. We're overrunning. Yep, Dinner is sure calling. Are. However, if this is of any interest to you, please do like and subscribe. But check us out on uh, Instagram, Twitter. We're also on Facebook all on all of them we're not just a garden yeah and um so great any... new photos will be coming on yeah photos the... will be coming on but also if you've got any comments if you've got any feedback or if you've got anything that we missed or something else you'd like us to find out about let us know yeah we will do that and we shall be back with you next week yep so i shall say bye bye sweet pea bye bye mummy bear <laughs>